I'm Scott Dworkin, and you're listening to the Dworkin Report. On today's pod, we have Allison Grinter, who is a lawyer to some of America's most politically persecuted people, including Reality Winner, whose bombshell NSA release about Russia's attack on the 2016 election changed the course of our nation's politics forever. This is the first in a series of three interviews with Reality Winner's Inner Circle, the first such interviews her family has given since her release from federal prison earlier this year. Grinter didn't start her career as a civil rights lawyer, but she's representing a Texas woman unjustly jailed for illegal voting and fighting hard for her client, Reality Winner, to earn a commutation of the rest of her sentence, which despite her early release for good behavior, is still an oppressive presence hanging over Reality's life. She makes a powerful argument for clemency and shares with our listeners the inequities of punishing Americans for telling Americans what their government knows about for an election interference just because the head of the government benefited from a foreign power's intervention into our internal politics. At the end of our interview, Grinter asked President Biden to step in and take action to relieve her client's remaining burden of ankle monitors and three more years of court control just for telling Americans what their government already knew about our elections. Please take a listen. I'm here with Allison Grinter Allen, civil rights attorney in the criminal courts, who now represents Reality Winner. Allison, thank you for joining me on the program today. How are you? Thanks so much for having me. I'm doing really well. Well, I, I, I'm glad to hear that because obviously things have been chaotic just in the world uh, in general. And so it's nice to feel like you can say that now. You know what I mean? Like you, it, like it, if if you feel good, you can actually say that now and not feel as guilty uh, because things are starting to return back to normal. We've um, all had about six months of a of a of a long deep breath, <laughs> right? And it's it's a little bit tough, you know, nowadays, obviously. And you uh, have a, a big job ahead of you, obviously. So, how did you first find out about Reality Winner's case and what made you want to take it on? Well, I mean, I found out about Reality. Um, in in 2017, when she was arrested, but connection to reality came through uh, my client Crystal Mason, who was um, convicted of illegal voting in Texas, and uh, she was sent to federal prison as a sanction for violating supervised release. Um, and she and reality got to know each other in prison, uh, watching TV, watching uh, the former president spout off, knowing that both of them were there for basically the same reason. And that was to salve the insecurities of one man who was never going to be satisfied um, and and who would always be anxious and, and taking it out on folks, um, his insecurities over his election validity. And why, why do you think, uh, you know, in, in that case, why do you think her sentence was so harsh back then? Do you think it had anything to do with, I mean, we see massive amounts of corruption in DOJ right now um, from the Trump years um, under Trump. That is, uh, is, is that has, does that have something to do with it? Do they want to make an example out of her or, or shy away other uh, whistleblowers or why do you think it was so harsh? I mean, uh, reality was in prison for um, as a as a small but important part of a much bigger scheme. I mean, we we really had to the the big lie didn't start last November, right? Um, we had to be groomed to 
be willing to reject the truth. And a big part of that was demonizing anybody who came forward with the truth when it embarrassed the president. And that, I mean, that goes from investigations to everywhere from the New York Times to Vanity Fair to Brad Raffensperger in Georgia. I mean, anyone who spoke the truth when it flew in the face of all of the many different lies that that got us ready for the big lie um, was was made an example of. And and she she really was in prison, not because she revealed the truth, but because the truth embarrassed Donald Trump and also because she was small enough to kick around and make an example of, you know, I mean, ask any journalist, generals and senior officials leak to the press all the time, but they are not prosecuted um, because that's an embarrassment to the bureaus. And just so for people who don't know the basics of it, what did reality do wrong? So reality was uh, a, an NSA contractor um, in 2017. And um, right after Trump had fired Jim Comey, um, it's, <laughs> it's difficult to look back on because we've gone through so many abominations since then. But um, at the time, the, the dialogue in the country was really what was the extent of Russian interference? Are we just talking about a couple of fake Facebook posts or was it actually something much more serious? And, and she was looking right then at uh, the NSA's sort of internal uh, network, sort of NSA Reddit, at the number one trending article, which was um, that Russians had actually hacked into election systems manufacturers, elections infrastructure, that it wasn't just disinformation. It was actual attacks on, on the mechanisms of our democracy. Um, and, and she printed out on paper I, um, an intelligence assessment and mailed it anonymously to The Intercept. Besides the the release of the paper, was there anything else? Because obviously there's more to the story, right? Like there's, did she try to sell it? Did she try to go off with it internationally with all the contacts she has? Um, or sorry, that <laughs> does not have. Um, right. <laughs> but like the, so there was nothing. And that's the crazy thing is that people always tell me, but isn't there more to the story? Is there more to the story here? It would make sense if there were, but no, I mean, she just, she just looked at this piece of information and, and she knew that the people needed to know that, that that didn't need to be a question mark in our, in our public discourse. She mailed it anonymously to the press and that's it. Why do you think, what's the best way to explain why reality winner would need or deserves a pardon uh, or clemency, um, you know, or also loosening of her probation uh, right now? Like, what, what is the best argument for that? I mean, so you can, you can look at it systemically and say that leaks to the press um, are, are one of the, the last backstops 
for transparency and and the public's right to know what the government is doing. Um, that our government has always leaked all the time, and it has more than it, it has almost always been something that keeps us safe. One of the reasons that we know that all of these insane conspiracy theories aren't true is that our government has never been really all that good at keeping secrets from us because it comes through people. It comes through American people. Um, But on a more granular level, the fact that reality was prosecuted with the Espionage Act of 1917 is a real insult to all of us as a free people. I mean, this is, this is a law that was passed two months into world war one to prevent people from interfering with the war effort and giving comfort to the enemy. And the idea that it's become the kind of thing that can be used to attack Americans for telling the truth to Americans. I I mean, that's a, that's a real perversion of of the even the concept of national security right and it was uh, obviously it was a threat to us and without documents like this surfacing we would have been lied to for the continuous you know the entire cycle and we probably would have him still as president right now is my guess Um, i mean it's really true you know because it's it's really clear that trump was willing to let this get buried um, and, and the only times that, that this, the, the times that this law was used the most, uh, and the most severely was punishing people who leaked embarrassing stuff about the Russia investigation and things that, that reflected poorly on the legitimacy of, of Trump's election. Um, and this was, I mean, everybody has seen the results of, the Justice Department willing to to really become a political arm of the Trump administration. And it's it's not been good for anybody. Yeah. I, I mean, I would talk about I remember 2016, mid 2016, I started talking about his Russian business ties and other inter- international ties that uh, I, I guess solidifies his corruption at that time. Uh, and he would distract Whenever I would talk about his business ties, he'd start to talk about there's nobody on my campaign working with Russia. And I'm like, what are you mm. talking about? We're not even talking <laughs> about this. And and I just remember how crazy thinking, thinking like that's not happening. And and then we get right after the election, um, like two days after the election, I released this updated report on 30 years of his uh, Russian ties where he hundreds of millions of dollars in transactions with Russians over the past, well, now 35 years. Um, And he would just distract with this narrative. And it seems like this fit that narrative. And this was the only example he had of like, here is a person that we can totally lock up and say, look at how corrupt the system is we have people on the deep state inside blah 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 and it seems like reality winner was the example that they they set for that but the precedent here um is just terrible that's why i think and it's my opinion that uh it, it takes un, unprecedented action in regards to clemency or pardon uh, because it was such an abuse of power um do you think that it was an abuse of power by by trump right and i you know and i think that 
I think everybody understands that presidents generally issue pardons at the end of their terms. Um, that's just that's become sort of a norm. Um, but this is one that I think is needed earlier rather than later, because it's really important for us as a people to acknowledge the truth and begin healing from it. And it, it's not it's not just important for reality winner, the person. It's important for all of us. And it's one of the easiest things that can be done to send a message that Russia is not running things here anymore. We're going to acknowledge the truth. We're going to forgive the people who have brought us the truth when we needed it. And, and we really are going to, to, to build back our trust in institutions in this country. Without it, I, I really don't. I mean, I think, that, I think that the rest of the healing that Biden has promised is going to be a lot more difficult than just a stroke of the pen. I think this is the low hanging fruit. This is, this is one of the easiest things that Biden can do to set us really on the right path. And now uh, what is reality situation like right now? Cause I know she's been released from prison, but like, what does she face now regarding the rest of her sentence? Uh, I know she's got an ankle monitor on, I think, but she uh, she's not really free. I, I know that oh, like, what's no. her deal right now? So she's, I mean, she's definitely not free. Um, she, she's living I and mean, she's in, she's in good spirits, but she is, and it's difficult to, to get around it. She's living with the cloud of, of being thrown back in prison, hanging over. Um, it's, it, I mean, she will be on house arrest until um, the end of November. And then after that, she's on three years of supervised release. Even after that, she'll be a felon for the rest of her life. Um, she'll be prevented from, um, you know, so many things. I, she'll be barred uh, from Native American lands. She'll be, I mean, she's, there's a lot of, um, they call them disabilities that come from felony conviction. Um, but, but, you know, she will be a criminal. She will, she will be, <laughs> I think we recently learned that she'll be barred from Bumble and Tinder. I mean, there's things that you don't even realize that face um, that face folks with with felony convictions. Um, it, it will it will never be out from under her. It just seems like unless we should, she's pardoned. Seems like we should be thanking her. I mean, that's just me personally. Maybe given an award, um, you know, I'm not. I mean, and and there are states that would not have known that their systems had been. Um, breached. There are there are so many. Uh, I mean, it, halfway through the term, the FBI begrudgingly told a few counties in Florida that they had been breached. But uh, I mean, there was really an intent to cover this all up. And and once this leak came out, it wasn't possible. Right. Amy Klobuchar was said on, on the floor of the Senate that she was really angry that she had to learn about this from a leak and she shouldn't have had to. 
but but you know we we wonder why this was even classified to begin with right uh, right and it, it, it and even when we presented it even when we did present it you have people in the white house then saying uh well before the before this was leaked and whatnot I had people just calling, not calling me the nastiest things, but threatening me in the weirdest ways. Um, <laughs> even, even the Russian embassy in the UK sent out a veiled threat saying, keep calling him Putin's puppet in regard. And they CC'd me on that uh, tweet. And it was just so creepy. Um, mm. People figured as, as a targeting for harassment kind of thing, as in like point out this guy, this guy's talking bad about Donald. Um, and it, it wasn't, Again, it was never, they always talk about the origins of the Russia probe. The origins of the Russia probe are your Russian ties and the Russian people that you had on your campaign and the Russian people you brought into the White House, some of them employed by the White House, like Boris Epstein. We won't go into specifics. I don't want you to get dragged into that as well. But like, um, so is it is it true? I mean, things seem like they're still tough for her. Is it true if she like misses a random check-in phone call? I know this is common for... Um, uh, others, but like if she misses, like she's in the shower or something, she can't pick up the phone. She they'll come and arrest her or something like that. Is it that simple? That like like how easy is it to just put her back in prison? Is it just one kind of like step a foot outside of this line kind of deal, or what? What's the deal with that? So it, I mean, here here we're getting into sort of the the prison bureaucracy, um, but it it really is designed to make people incarceratable on demand. It's really, really difficult to get everything right. In fact, it's almost impossible, and they understand that. And so she is subject to a system that is meant to be sort of arbitrary and meant to be, um, it's meant to default to, to incarceration. And if her, I always say that there's only really one uh, rule on, on parole or probation or anything that like that. And that's keep your officer happy. So um, it, all it would take is somebody who's inclined to want to arrest her. It's just like, it's just like if a police officer follows you for three miles she's going to find something to pull you over for if she wants to. Right. Mm-hmm. She's kind of in that situation. And so like, let's say I listen to this, uh, our series here, the three episode series we're releasing here. Uh, let's say I listen to that and I'm thinking like, Oh, you know what? I want to help reality winner. How do I do that? So really the only way you can is to put pressure on the people who represent you. Um, and, and of course the only person who can, who can pardon her is president Biden, or I suppose any president thereafter, if, if he doesn't, um, the only person who can pardon her is the president, but Biden, (laughs) unlike his predecessor, listens to the opinions of the, the, the folks that he respects within his own party. And so if you, if you are, um, if you have the ear of your representative or um, anyone else who <laughs> president Biden respects and listens to, that's, that's what you can do. You can, you can 
keep saying her name, write letters, that sort of thing. Um, petitions, GoFundMes, that's, that's just, we're kind of past that, you know, mm-hmm. um, really what needs to be done is, is for people to know that this is a travesty that's been done in our name and it needs to be fixed. And I, I this is just curiosity. Uh, you know, how do we, how long can she not talk publicly about the, like to press and other, you know, how, how long does that stay in effect for? So she is still in custody through the end of um, November. Um, after that, and, and and the rules are much tighter while you are considered to be still in custody. Um, after that, she still has to um, ask permission from um, her probation officer um, as part of supervised release. But I mean, you know, you need only look at uh, Michael Cohen, who has been able to be quite vocal, um, even while under the same conditions. And it, it can be done. I mean, there'll be a point at which she will um, be able to, to, to talk about what happened. How long is probation for her? Three years supervised release. That sounds she a lot is, like however, Go ahead. bound after that by the terms of her incredibly crazy plea deal. Um, she's not allowed to receive any revenue from her story. She's not allowed to talk about um, the document she released. There's still a court order on her lawyers who represented her during the plea process, um, barring them from speaking. Um, and, and there's there's a threat inherent there that they could dial back if dissatisfied with her with with what she says, they could dial back her plea agreement and prosecute her again, even after she has been released from custody. What would they prosecute her for? Oh, espionage. Yeah. I mean, she if if they took back the plea agreement, she would have credit for the time that she served, but could take her to trial on it. I mean, James Bond got nothing on reality. I, I <laughs> It's it's ridiculous as we investigate this and look into this further. It is an American woman who was a patriot who served in the military, who uh, saw a document, saw the lies that were spreading throughout the country and knew that our country would then be in more danger. And obviously, even with the release of this document, we we have the attack on our uh, pipelines that came from Russia. We have the solar winds uh, attack and hack that came from Russia um, and, you know, we have these things that are harming our infrastructure that are directly from Russia. I don't know how bad it would have been if she didn't release that document. And we don't get the chance to be like, oh, well, if she didn't do that, then where would we be at? I can tell you, me personally, I wouldn't have gone down that rabbit hole further, I don't think, without the release of this document. And and because we were just talking about his business ties. We really weren't talking about the fact that there were uh, Russians interfering. We knew that there was potential of it, but we didn't want to confirm it without any kind of government confirmation. And then after that, they released that full kind of, uh, uh, I, I guess, reaching assessment and, you know, public pressure built up to, to get Sessions recused, the Nunes fake recusal, then you have uh, Mueller uh, investigating, um, you know, everything in the Mueller report, which we haven't even read yet. 
Um, but this seems like it's all batched together. And I think whenever, um, you know, whenever we get through this here and we get uh, things like the Mueller report and see how egregious the reach was and how bad it actually was, I think that's uh, hopefully the opportunity, um, you know, in the next six months or so where, where she can be at the front and it'd be like, oh my God, like it was as bad or worse than we ever thought it was. Um, and that's when yeah. people realize that they should be thanking her. If, if, and, I, and again, if, uh, I don't know, not again, but like if, like I guess say, God forbid, if President Biden were listening right now, but if he were, <laughs> what would you say to him? I would say that this is easy, that, that the American people have the truth. We deserve the truth and, and to acknowledge the folks who brought us the truth when we needed it the most is, is easy. It costs us nothing and it's the right thing to do. And it really is the best way to say, this is who we are as American people. We don't have political prisoners. We don't do that. And when we fall short of our ideals, we fix it. It's easy. And it's something that we can do to start us healing. And we need that. Where can people follow you on Twitter? I'm Allison Grinter on Twitter. That's and, easy. Uh, and on Instagram as well, if you want to see pictures of my messy kids. Well, we'll have uh, links to your messy kids and everything in, in the profile for the, uh, the bout for the episode and the episode's notes. Um, I, I will just say that, uh, you know, appreciate your hard work and, and hopefully, you know, gain some momentum as, as more leaks out about um, the extent of Russian interference and uh, what, what they've done to our country. Um, I think it's still under attack. And I think that it was, uh, I guess, a cyber war that, um, swam out of control and it's our first real kind of big cyber war. And I think that, uh, we'll look back on it as uh, a big attack on the United States. It, of America. You know, it, it's really funny to me to see the, the espionage act used here of 1917 because of how much warfare has changed and, and information is really the currency. Now it's not, it's not bombs and planes. Allison Grinter, Allen, civil rights hero. How you doing? <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate you. Thank you, Scott. And thanks for keeping the focus on. We really appreciate it. Make sure to go to anchor.fm slash Report to subscribe to our podcast right now. Thanks again to Allison Grinter. Thanks again to Grant Stern, our producer. You can follow him at Grant Stern. Thanks again for listening. Onward! Onward!